Wait, who has ice powers in Alpha Flight? They're Canadian. They all have ice. <laughs> Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Leland from the Aegis Brand Studios. What's happening, my guy? Not a whole lot. Just living the dream, loving this shield and hydro wave. It's, uh, it's been lots of fun. Yeah, this has been a pretty awesome one, I have to say. And it's one that I think is going to get more exciting as we go along. And then we've got giant freaking robots right around the corner. So there's that. I mean... <laughs> Good old stompy robots. That's it. That's it. So you mentioned that you're loving this shield and Hydra wave. Like, what are you loving about it so much particularly? Uh, so as far as the shield stuff goes, like for any, anyone who's not familiar with, I, I've been on a big shield kick myself. Um, just getting an extra couple few reinforcements is really nice. Uh, new Captain America really excites me, even though I know the community's kind of down on them. And, uh, you know, the Hoff just brings in so many different interesting ways to to interact with the game. and. You know, I just uh, I just got through a very, uh, very engaging discussion with uh, how to use his siblings and arms abilities just, you know, to, to really play with the board state, which is really cool. Um, and then as far as Hydra goes, I mean, it, it's it's a new affiliation. Everyone loves new factions, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, it might be giving a home to some uh, some of the misfits out there like Viper. Hey, look, you I, you, I'm being you super hopeful s- here. Do not speak that name on this show. I'm kidding. Look. I love Viper, and maybe now she will have a chance. And I've told this story before, but there might be new listeners. I actually have a game under my belt where I I built this goofy list, and it was all stealth characters list, and Viper was in that list, and she was the reason I ended up winning that game. Like, she was able to get an objective and then, like, kind of run away towards the very end. And, yeah, like, she's legitimately won me a game before, so... She is so inconsequential, everyone just ignores her. Yeah, that's it, man. You're like, this character doesn't do anything. I'm just going to not bother. And then next thing you know, you've got a coiled serpent in your face. See, that's how Wong gets you. Oh, yeah. Wong Wong is, <laughs> is the hero we all need, believe me. So Our, our Wongy? <laughs> yes, our little Wongy. So I haven't painted my Wong yet, like fully. He's kind of got some paint on him. He's got like base coat on him. But I'm definitely doing like the comic book, like purpley looking Wong instead of like the green one. Like I, I prefer Wong in his purple suit. Have you painted your Wong? Uh, I did. And unfortunately, uh, he's one of the paint jobs that I'm actually not very happy with. So I've, I've been tempted to toss him in the suit and repaint him um, or just go and find a, a third party print of uh, Benedict Wong's Wong. Yes. And uh, do the MCU Wong, right? Yeah, you should definitely do that. Like, don't get me wrong. If you want to throw your your guy in a vat and strip him off a little bit, strip him of all of his possessions, then you go right ahead. But definitely the Benedict Wong one is uh, is very cool. I've seen a few from, I think, uh, Trident and C27. I think Trident specifically has a really cool one. I think Trident is the only one, actually. Is that I don't it? Okay. I think C27 has done a Wong. Okay. So. Well, there you go. See, that's yeah. what do I know? I, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen it on C27, and I just trolled their whole uh, catalog the other day. And if, <laughs> if it's there, I missed it. But hey, I, I'll believe you over me because I don't have a 3D printer. So, you know, there's that. So, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leland, today we are going to be talking about some reveal that we had recently. We got kind of the official full reveal for Red Skull, Master of Hydra, but we already had his healthy side of his card. So we just got the injured side finally. And when we look at his card, he's got one change on his injured side, and it's simply that his stamina value goes from seven to six. So if you're interested, Suits, to go back and check out um, my thoughts on Red Skull Master of Hydra a couple episodes ago, uh, you can find it. It'll be in, I'm pretty sure I put the name in the description, but uh, I don't know what number episode it is, but it's just a few ago. So go check that out. 
But Leland, since we got you here and since we got this reveal, the full picture of Red Skull Master of Hydra has come into view here. And as a five threat character, he's got seven and six on the stamina side, but that four, two, two defenses, yes, Leviathan armor exists, but how do you feel about this character? He's not, uh, he's not as exciting as I was hoping it was going to, like, he's still exciting, but he's not that, uh, he's not that game changing piece that I was expecting someone of Red, uh, Red Skull stature to kind of be at. Yeah. Um, I, I think I still kind of prefer Strucker for his uh, his leadership over uh, over Red Skull. Uh, but I mean, Red Skull's power generation is still absolutely phenomenal because you're getting power for just doing things you want to do anyway. Right. So mm -hmm. objectives. Uh, he's going to he's going to be a piece that you need to have a plan with. Uh, and I think that's just because a couple of his things like you, you need to know what you're doing with the Leviathan. Army. You need to know what what. Uh, what mode you're going to be in neither dispersion or null field you need to know what you want to spend your power on whether or not you should be going for the big hits or if you want to be going for the blitz strikes like there's a lot going on with him and i think if you go in and try to do everything you're not going to have a good time with him yeah i think that's a really interesting take because i, I think that one of the things when i read this character is chess versus checkers of mcp in a lot of ways where projecting out the dispersion field versus the null field, like you mentioned, projecting out like how you want to spend his power, whether you're going to go for things like occult research and stuff like that, you know, using those decision points to create a complex character like they've done here, I think is really interesting. And it's one of those things where I don't think he's like the most potent five threat or like the weakest five threat either. And I think that his little Hydra ninjas, because I know that's what you're going to call them, right? it's just the default at this point exactly so i know that his hydra ninjas are pretty darn good i think like being able to just stand on a secure and then shoot people from range four and then like okay if you need to go kill them they can like re-roll and stuff so like i think they're pretty great in that regard but it's it's just a, a very complex situation here that i find to be very interesting and one where like you said you're not going to be able to do it all but when you are doing it all, it's going to feel really good. You know what I mean? Like when it, when you're able to choose right on your Leviathan armor and then you use that empowered gauntlets at the right time to hit that blitz strike and everything hits just right. I think that's going to feel really good. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely on the on point with that one. Um, I, I do feel he's kind of a, a character that you kind of you want to build your squad or your roster around as opposed to splashing him in. He he doesn't feel like a splash to me. Now that's if, really if that interesting. makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense because I think that's really interesting because I kind of think that he can be splashed in some places. You know what I mean? Like I think that certain areas he kind of gets more benefits than others. I agree with you. I think that building around him is probably better because I know that I might be on an island here when I say occult research seems awesome because i know everybody's like well you're only going to get it for like one or two turns and and yeah maybe maybe but like i still think it's really good to have three actions on a character like this and well, think about it this way with occult research by the time you're getting it off in the game you've probably lost one or two characters already either through daisies ko's whatever just through some form of attrition so you're down actions to begin with. So getting that extra action for the, like the for the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds could actually be a big deal. Right. And layer into that the fact that you've probably had some attrition on your opponent as well. So you're able to potentially get that swing that pushes you over the edge, which is what I think occult research is about. Anyways, the reason why I mentioned occult research is because it is Hydra affiliated. So you can only use it if you're playing Hydra. So to your point, building around Red Skull Master of Hydra, I think is kind of what you have to do if you're planning on bringing him. And interestingly enough, I think that Hydra is a versatile enough affiliation to where you can bring both him and Strucker and feel confident with both of them in your roster based on the situation. Well, that's the beauty of the, uh, of the three threat leader in Strucker, right? Oh, yeah. Like that... Like it, it, a three threat leader is so easy to splash in, even if you're not using him as a leader. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah yep. so it's, it's definitely it's definitely something you do I, I could actually see this being a nice home for versatile strategy as well oh definitely i, I definitely yeah, think just, that yeah, like early early game power building through uh, through Red Skull, and then you know round three you swap for uh, over to Struckers um, when people maybe are starting to put out some some uh, uh, status conditions or anything like that. It it makes for a really nice transition. Oh, a hundred percent. I completely agree with you. I think that that kind of stuff is really awesome, and it's one of those things where it's. I mean, yeah, like I just I can't agree more. I really can't agree more, and. I think that versatile strategy is one of those cards that we've seen people use a few times. I've seen some good success with it in Avengers. I've seen some good success in it with the criminal syndicate and using it in Hydra, I think is now one of those places that's going to be pretty interesting. So yeah, I like yeah, that. No, for sure. But any other thoughts on red skull master of Hydra? Have you had a chance to get him on the table yet? Kind of in one of your, battle reports pre-release not yet it's it's been a wild couple uh couple weeks with uh releases and reveals and everything like that i actually had to bump my uh my shield hydra game because uh sentinels ended up coming out and it's like nope this is more exciting you gotta get the the stomp <laughs> robots right. um but uh i i got a, i got a couple of games ahead of me where i'm gonna be running uh some some shield and hydra and uh definitely gonna definitely gonna try and get the uh the red skull master of hydra on the table at some point to see just to kind of get a feel for for where he might be and just see what our what our monkey brains can figure out with him absolutely no i like it i can't wait to see that video and by the way for those of you that might not know leland is a very accomplished youtube battle report producer very fun very enjoyable battle reports Highly recommend checking them out. There will be a link in the description. It's Aegis Brand Studios for those of you that might not know, but uh, definitely go go watch him and Troop beat up on each other. It's a good time. <laughs> oh well, th thanks for the plug. And and yes, it's it's where people go to watch bad life decisions be made. <laughs> well, I mean, look, your kingpin is immortal. <laughs> we have, we found that out on your on your battle report. <laughs> He will yeah. forever be immortal. Too. He will, yes. Anytime you have Kingpin on the table, you need to make sure you let your opponent know that like, hey, my Kingpin has a right in superpower called he is immortal. <laughs> I love I love the idea of it being a write in when it's a writing camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just 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 pencil it in there and be like, here, look, see, I told you it's on the card. See, <laughs> and then your opponent's like, um, that looks like you wrote that in. No, 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 it's here. It's on the card. I'm telling you. I just need to go find one of those uh, template generators and actually like write it into it and just just see how long it takes somebody to catch on. Oh, to my this. God, that'd be hilarious. Be like, here, you want to check my card real quick and then just be like, OK, cool. Oh, this looks good. Yeah, no, cool. All right. He can spend any amount of power. Got it. <laughs> it, it you, you'd be surprised. I would I wouldn't catch that stuff. I mean, I'd be like, no, that's oh, cool, I man. wouldn't. No way. I, I, somebody hands me the rosters. I skimmed it like, yeah, that looks like a roster. OK, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey. That's a roster. Good job. You put all 10 characters in there. You've got 10 tactics cards. Way to go. It's like, I, I'm not high level enough to uh, to make any decisions on the fly. I, I I have a game plan. I'm sticking to it. And, you know, if it, if it's going to, you know, go pear-shaped because of whatever you brought, well, it's going pear-shaped then. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. So one thing I've got to compliment you on, Leland, and, and it's something that I find to be very enjoyable and interesting that you guys have started doing on your battle reports, and that is the after-action reports. I think that those are really nice way to kind of break up. So, like, you've got your battle report video, but then you've also got your after-action report video, and I think that's really cool as a way to say, like, hey, you can watch the whole thing and and enjoy that and, and all the jokes, all the Clea killing herself references that you can handle... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you've got the after action report where if you didn't necessarily want to sit and watch an hour long video, you can watch about a 10 or 15 minute video of you guys breaking down what you thought of the characters. I think that's really awesome. And, and it's, it's one of those things yeah. that I really like. It 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 kind of came from from the idea that um, one of the most common comments people were making is like, well, you know, like get, you talk more about the decisions you made. Like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Uh, and I mean, I know I like to joke that uh, this is this is where people go to watch bad decisions be made. 
And I just found like with all that extra side talk in there, like it just balloons the video immensely. Right. Mm -hmm. So by condensing it all into an after an after game discussion, we're giving people more of what they want in the sense of like, you know, we're talking about our decisions. We're talking about key swing points and, you know, opinions on the characters. Um, But it, it does it as you've already alluded to while respecting your time. Yeah. And, and that's it. Respecting the time I think is really critical part of it all. So yeah, man, I, uh, I just really like that, but enough of yeah, me Thank you. lavishing praise on you and oh, I could go on <laughs> that could continue. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, yes, yes. We, we have a purpose here. <laughs> we do. We do. So I, I do want to now shift and talk about something else that I have lavished praise upon and that would be the Sentinels. So if you check out last week's episode, we did a whole breakdown of all the Sentinels and everything, and it was super fun. And I am very excited for these models, for this affiliation, everything. We don't know what the tactics cards are going to be just yet, and I'm sad about that because I really, really want to see what that's going to bring to this equation because they're, I think if you go to the, the website and you see how many are coming in the box, it's uh, like five. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's like two with the prime and three with the Mark fours or something like that. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And you have actually played with the Sentinel affiliation and I've only sat over here and theory crafted and twiddled my thumbs a little bit while thinking about them. And I want to get your thoughts on, on the Sentinels having put them on the table, even without tactics cards and, and kind of see what you thought about them and, and whether or not you think that, other than like their physical imposing nature, are they going to impact crisis protocol at all? You think? So I, I'm going to preface this by saying uh, the game that we played and filmed with the Sentinels uh, was one of the weirdest swingiest dice games we have ever seen. Uh, it, it was an odd situation where every single time I was rolling suppression protocols, it popped off. I don't think I did less than six damage on any given suppression protocols uh, I rolled in the game. Uh, meanwhile, Plasma Blast would just do nothing uh, all game. My defense rolls were hit and miss all game. It, it was very weird and, and swingy. I, I don't know what was going on. Cyclops pretty much took down Sentinel Prime in one activation, and I don't know how that happened either. It was <laughs> Yeah, I mean, weird. when has Cyclops uh, ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway yeah so i, I want to preface any any of my thoughts are a little bit muddied by that uh but as far as the sentinels themselves go uh if we're if we're just talking about them as an affiliation themselves they offer some impressive board control they they can't be thrown um by i think there's only like four characters that have an unrestricted size throw um so you know once they get onto a spot it's hard to it's hard to like knock them off it their restraint cables is going to be pulling people out of place left right and center the amount of power that they get like they they are not a power hungry faction and they get power like nobody's business uh which is really cool so i think as as an affiliation they're going to offer an interesting challenge for people to either play with or work around because a lot of in my opinion, anyway, a lot of sort of the conventional um, plans that are in place don't really work when you have a stamina sponge that is a sentinel, much less three stamina sponges like them. Yeah, um, that can that can really clap back. They can they can take the hit or two and clap back uh, like at, at seven at seven stamina and four energy defense. Like I think I think even a Malchus, it's not guaranteed you're going to be dazing a sentinel in one activation. Oh, interesting. So, okay. I yeah. don't think it's guaranteed. Like he can definitely still do it, but it's not sure. It's not as guaranteed as going after like the five or six stamina uh, characters. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so. one of the things that you mentioned and that you showed, I think in your after action report was just how big of a range around the Sentinels range four actually is for things like restraint oh, yeah. cables and pattern analysis specifically. So like you're talking about, you know, characters like a Malekith, as an example, the big bad kitty dad being able to one shot a Sentinel. Well, if they're within the right range of a Sentinel Prime, well, then, OK, you roll your four energy defense and then you get re-rolls potentially based on, you know, what the rolls look like and everything. But, you know, making that decision point. And I think that that's really interesting. And like, yeah, a Sentinel standing up to something like that, I think is going to feel really good. Now, yes, Malekith can throw a Sentinel because of ferocity. 
But uh, outside of that, he has no other displacement for them. So I think that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think you're still going to want to have Indomitable or a Brace in uh, in your roster with Sentinels, um, just for the just for that uh, like a, you know a Wild Malkith appearing or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because throw is when they can throw, it is super effective. You do not want to have a Sentinel thrown into another one of your Sentinels. Yeah. Like that. Absolutely. That's six damage against three dodge dice. That is not a good day for you at all. Absolutely. And <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't even imagine what like I've we've never seen a size five thrown I don't think in this game other than Dormammu I guess yeah the Dormammu if you throw Dormammu that's always feeling good but uh, oh yeah yeah F- it feels great <laughs> yeah <laughs> is the person playing against Dormammu <laughs> it, it, well it's all about perspectives right <laughs> exactly exactly so when uh, we were talking about these Sentinels and everything and um. You mentioned like kind of swingy dice and everything like that. Did you find yourself wanting to spend the power to add extra dice to Plasma Blast? Or were you saving it for suppression protocols and restraint cables more often? Uh, I was using more of the suppression protocols and the restraint cables. Uh, the restraint cables just be... The Sentinels are not long range. I mean, at range three, you do need to you do need to plan around what you're doing, where your positioning is. So the restraint cables being able to pull people, uh, pull targets in, uh, was just clutch. It it was super important. Even if I did misplay one or two of my restraint cables, um, as I did, like I said, poor life decisions, <laughs> it it gets them into range. It pulls characters off points. It puts them into a vulnerable position. It might get them out of some beneficial auras, like say a Zemo reroll bubble or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think restraint cables as of right now, anyway, that, that is kind of my, my go-to priority power spent right there Yeah. is, is always going to be restraint cables. I always want to make sure I have that on tap uh, simply because it just, it just affects the other person's plan so much. And the fact that you, if you're playing affiliated with Sentinels, chances are you have three of these. Right. And that's a stupid amount of affordable board control uh, right there. Um, and then, I mean, suppression protocols is just so dirt cheap as it is, right? Like it's, yeah. it's not hard to do both uh, in a game. I mean, you look at your, your Mark fours and at the end of round two, you're, you're already sitting on four power, or sorry, at the beginning of uh, round two, you're already sitting on four power with a Mark four. Yeah. So you almost have the power to do both the restraint cables and suppression protocols. So maybe you restraint cables, then you do a plasma blast to get one power and then you do a suppression protocols and odds are good. Most targets you've just gone into are, are probably dazed or not happy at all. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you feel like there's any like glaring weaknesses to the Sentinels? Um, once they hit their injured side, they do kind of go downhill quickly. Yeah, uh, they don't. They're not getting as much power uh, as they as they were on their other side. The plasma leak for the Mark Fours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a, it, It's basically uh, what is it? Uh, empty the clip, right? Right. So for for every every crit, you're you're hurting yourself a little bit. You can definitely, you can definitely take your your guys down um, by doing so. Like you can, you, it's not unheard of to roll, you know, two three crits um, off a four dice thing if you're if you're rolling hot and killing yourself that way. Yeah. Um. So I think they're I think they're a they're a faction that I think you want to sort of dominate the early game with it and yeah. just kind of go into round three round four in a in a position of authority. Um, cause otherwise there's a whole bunch of things that are going to, that are going to start taking the Sentinels down just a little bit faster. Right. As yeah. a result. So cool. Yeah. But even then, like they're, they're still, they're still not going to be dummied on their injured side, but it just, you know, goes a little bit faster. Right. I get that. That makes sense. And I mean, you got to keep them reasonable. And I, I just noticed this Leland and I don't know why I'm looking at the Sentinel Mark four card right now, looking at the injured side and there's a piece of ice sticking out of his leg. What very much looks like a piece of ice. I, I, I mean, is that is that confirmation that we're getting an Ice Man? Or confirmation on Alpha Flight? Oh, everything is confirmation on Alpha Flight. Wait, who has ice powers in Alpha Flight? <laughs> They're Canadian. They all have ice. They, <laughs> they just, just bring a snowball with them. Right, they just bring the snow with them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I I forgot about that. It's it's going to be their affiliation. It's going to be like brings ice is the leadership 
It's like, how do you put that on the game? What do you mean? It's like, don't worry about it. So it's just a, it's a range five, one dice attack. Just throws a snowball across the field. Just throw a snowball. Now you're wet and cold. <laughs> oh, why am I dunking on these? These are my hometown boys. Jeez. No, oh, no, that's not dunking at all. Look, I, it'd be awesome. <laughs> and then, and it's like, um, but, you, uh, you need a, you need a, a towel to, to clean up that would, that would be the Canadian way, right? To, to help out. That, that's, that's Sasquatch for you. Just dry yourself off on Sasquatch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love it. He's a I big walking it. rug. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I, I hope this is indicative that we're going to be seeing Iceman soon. I think he's he's been a glaring omission from the from the X-Men roster so far. Oh, yes, absolutely. Let's reset the clock on that one. That's a callback a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the Sentinels are going to be uh, very interesting. And to take it back for a second, because I kind of lost my train of thought for a second on something I wanted to mention when we were talking about you mentioned throws and characters that can throw them, and there's very few characters that can throw them, and I agree with that. But there are quite a few characters that can displace them via pushes and that stuff like that. So, or you know, you, you can't be displaced by by mind related superpowers or like web lines or stuff like that. But Iron Man, when he rolls a wild, he can push them short, which I think they're gonna hate that kind of stuff. And I, I think the interesting thing is having some kind of displacement for sentinels whether that be a throw or some size unrestricted push something like that i think is going to be a key part when you think about going into them and like if you expect there to be a lot of sentinels at an event or if you just want to kind of hedge your bets against sentinels or any other big character that's hard to displace having some kind of displacement in your list for these bigger characters is going to become one of those things. It's like that 10th spot, throw an Iron Man in there and, and hope that you can get that displacement. So how's this for wacky? Uh, if we're talking about displacement, all that sort of stuff, uh, comrades keeper for red guardian is a size unrestricted throw. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here we go. The, the reds have won. Uh, comrades keeper is clearly stronger than captain America. Cause he can throw a size five. Yes. But, uh, so uh, it just it's just something to keep in mind. It's a very splashable three threat character that you bring comrades keeper. He can basically bodyguard once once for you. And you know if he doesn't go down, he's tossing a sentinel away, and that can actually really disrupt the sentinel plans. Oh yeah, that would disrupt the sentinel plans and and disrupt a lot of stuff throwing those guys out there. So that's pretty fun. I didn't realize that comrades keeper was size unrestricted. So I love to see something like that. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I was gobsmacked when I read that because I was reading Heroes for Hire things like, because I was looking through to see who could throw them and displace them and all this sort of stuff. And I was saying, ah, oh, no, there's no way Comrades Keeper is getting the, the different the different wording here. And then I read through, it's like, there's there's nothing about size restriction on here. It's just, you know, if, if you know, Red Guardian's not dazed, he just throws. It's like, oh, well, okay then. Alrighty then, got it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It, that really is awesome. And hey, look, you know, here's a reason to yeah, bring Daredevil. <laughs> Devil's Deliverance for five power, it can push them away unrestricted. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there, there we go. We have we have Daredevil's uh, usefulness now. Yeah, we have he, solved, Sentinels. solved Daredevil, bring him into Sentinels. There you go. Done and done. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, they they can they can restrain cable him in, but then they're within range too of Daredevil. <laughs> exactly. See, that's that's big brain right there. Yeah, I love Daredevil, man. Big I'm... something. I don't I don't know if it's brain, but <laughs> it's it's big oof. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So Leland, now that we've talked about Sentinels a little bit and kind of got our minds in in the way of of Sentinels and kind of the game as a whole, I want to shift and talk a little bit about kind of where we see the game going. And this is one of those kind of weird discussions that obviously is extremely subjective. So if you're out there listening and you don't agree with the suits, feel free to let us know. Send us messages at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send me a message on Facebook, just the House Party Protocol Facebook page. Make sure to follow that. You can send me a message over there and, and we can have that conversation. You can... Uh, if you're part of our Discord community, you can send me a message there. Let me know what you think about that. 
And if you want to be a part of our Discord community, you can uh, check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. Let me do that math real quick. One, two, three. Yep, 12 bucks a year. You can come and be a part of, of kind of my favorite place on the internet, really. And it's one of those things where it's always a great discussion. There's always a, a lot of back and forth. And, you know, it's not blowing you up with notifications per se. Everyone's very kind and... Well, and my, my wife would disagree on the notifications thing. She <laughs> rants about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, let me rephrase. There's not a lot of adding everyone. You know what I mean? Like I'll add everyone every once in a while, but you know, it's, 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 you know, it's chill. It's chill. So Very true. my wife rants it's about it too. When the whole, uh, the breakfast, uh, the breakfast discussion gets going and you know, pancakes versus bacon versus waffles. Yes, exactly. I mean, look, let's not start that up again. Somewhere out there, Schultz, just got its wings. Um, oh, Schultz is wrong. It's it's, it's bacon. <laughs> it's bacon. I don't I'm know. Calling him out on this. Yeah, this this is the public call. Schultz is wrong. Bacon is the superior breakfast food. Mm, see, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Will don't, no, don't don't be wrong, man. Don't be wrong. I'm just saying, man. Let, let me get that chicken and waffles. Mm, mm. Mm. Okay. Well, at least it's not pancakes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fair. It's not pancakes, but chicken and waffles though. <laughs> Dude, if you ever come down here, man, like you got to get some chicken and waffles. It's so good. Anyways, we have gone off the rails way too far. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's totally worth it. Anyways, I just want to say I love that community. I love all the suits over there. And uh, if you again, if you want to be a part of that, you can come check that out. No pressure. It's a, just a way to support the show, support the giveaways and the... Um, the stuff we do as, as part of the show, pay for hosting, that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's literally just keeping the lights on and, and a way for, to help me give back to everybody else. So I, I appreciate all of that. And Leland, now let's actually talk about this stuff here. So do you feel like that there has been a shift in crisis protocol and, and, and maybe like the way that characters are designed or, or like is, do you feel a shift at all of any kind? Um, whether or not this is actually a real thing or not, I'm not sure. But it definitely feels like the design team is willing to embrace a little bit more of, I don't know if wacky is the right word for it. Um, but it seems like they're willing to embrace a couple different design elements and concepts. I don't think we ever would have seen a Malkith, you know, a year or two years ago. I think the, the concept of a character just that powerful. Uh, would have been immediately kiboshed. Uh, like, just, well, look, look at Initial Hulk, right? Initial Hulk was very underwhelming. And it wasn't until his card bag got updated that we actually saw a Hulk that was more fun to play. So I think we're, we're seeing the evolution of the design team here uh, with how they're, how they're putting characters together. And they are willing to go a little, uh, like push the envelope a little bit further, do something that is not necessarily safe, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, and it's impactful for the game. Yeah, I think that's really fair. And I think that you make a good point of of the risk-taking that AMG is doing kind of with these newer releases is very much... Uh, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's different. Because I remember when Hulk first came out, right? It was this character so powerful and can do so much... When, you know, he gets that damage on him, he gets, he gets his power, that kind of stuff. And it can like really snowball, but he also goes down real quick from a focused attacks, but it was like a, a kind of, you know, like seesaw, right? Like if you're not able to get him down, well, then he's going to wreck your face. And, and then we had things like field dressing plus patch up plus med pack, all these different ways for like original Hulk, right? And, and it was still like he was just a little underwhelming, though. Still played here and there. Shout out to uh, our friend Graham. He, he still played Hulk, even in his original state. But it, I think that some of the, the weight that they put on certain things back then, they've kind of seen bear out as like, okay, well, maybe we don't need to put as much weight on this, like, uh, you know, the amount of dice that Hulk could get to as one of them, right? Like, like he's going to take all this damage, and you want him to take all this damage so that he gets more dice, but we also, you know, he needs to be able to generate power, which is one of the changes that we saw in his current form is he can actually build power, whereas original Hulk 
had no builder. So I think that like them seeing kind of that balancing act has been a, a very interesting thing. But for me, when in terms of like kind of, and I don't want to say meta shift because it's not about like a meta and like what's popular and what's played and stuff like that. That's not what this discussion is about. What this discussion is about is just when you take a look at recent things, how do you see the game? And for me, when I look at things like Malekith, when I look at things like Hydra, when I look at this new Red Skull, like, you know, it, it all kind of coalesces into real brawly and fighty. And, and like, if you're not prepared to throw dice, I think that it can be harder on you. Not, not impossible. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that you can still run a web warrior squad that's like stick and move, stick and move, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think that that's bad at all by any means. I'm not saying anything is bad. I'm just saying what I seem to notice is a, a f- emphasis on the brawl more so than the objective play. Is that something that you would pick up on as well? I, yeah, I actually, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think we, we've entered into an interesting attrition phase of uh of design um of design space uh it used to be like it was really black order was your was kind of your your brawly faction for so long but i mean we have malkith who turned cabal into a brawl right or well anywhere malkith goes into like he's he's gonna be throwing dice sentinels feel very scrappy and brawly uh winter guard feels surprisingly scrappy and brawly uh which i really like i know it's not their their core motif but i feel like they can get into the they can get into the thick of it and really really put up a good fight uh even uh even new cap that we have uh that just released as well like he's definitely more of a brawler than a than a defender oh yeah and, um uh, you mean violent, the other violent cap, cap? Right? violent cap violent cap yes <laughs> yes violent cap uh so yeah I, I definitely think we're we're in a space now where they've said okay well we got we've got our our technical pieces out there let's get some more interesting scrappy uh, scrappy pieces and let some people have some fun rolling dice. Yeah. And and I think that it, it comes back to that is the let's let our people have fun rolling dice because at the end of the day, the most fun thing to do in this game for most people. Now you do have some people out there that are, that are like, let me just run away and control the pace and all that stuff. And that's fun too. Don't get me wrong. Having done that, it is fun. For your players. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it is fun. Don't get me wrong. I like doing that. But uh, at the same time, I think that you nailed it there. Of the like, the fun factor is in the dice rolling and the and the spikes and and that kind of stuff. And so, I think that's definitely been a focus in that direction. And it's funny that you mention the Winter Guard because that was kind of going to be my like fallback of like, okay, so all of this talk about brawly things, and then you've got Winter Guard, and you find them as a brawly team. I find that to be very interesting because I, I feel like. Outside of the bear, and maybe Red Guardian, maybe like I feel like the brawl with them is a little is a little less brawly. See, I'm not using words right. I, I okay, I might, maybe I have to to, to qualify uh, what I, what I mean when I say a brawly team. Um, to me, the Winter Guard is a team that they get onto their objectives and they get stuck in. I see. Right? Yeah. And so they're they're basically they're they're signing up for the fight is is basically what it is. Um, like you look at the, the Winter Guard's uh, leadership ability, where they can basically try to not be pushed off of off of secures, right? They can they can shake uh, conditions for free. They have they have tech that is it's more about keeping them in the fight and keeping them scrapping, uh, as opposed to like they maybe they don't hit as hard as. Some other ones, but they're they're in there. They're in that fight. They're trying to stick around as long as possible in that fight as well, right? While holding yeah. the objectives. So that's kind of what I mean by by brawly. They're they're not they're not trying to avoid the fights. They're not trying to like be cagey with with what kind of plays that they're doing. Not to say they can't, but they they have the tech to get in there and really throw off the other person's ability to to win that fight. I mm-hmm. mean, Dynamo has his ability to force rerolls on the attack dice. Dark Star can it's Dark Star that adds the extra defense dice, right? Yeah. Correct. Um, and then you know, you know, Red Guardian can has his has his own version of Vibranium Shield, and you know he can he can do the Comrades Keeper once per game. Even um, even Ursa Major, like if if you 
you know, want to make poor life decisions and bring bear hug. You know, <laughs> he has some tech that says, no, 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 you're, you're, you're staying here. We're, we're going to fight. Like, this is what we're going to do. Right. Right. Um, so that, that's what I kind of mean by, by a brawly scrappy team. Like they're, they're, they don't, they can, they can take the hit and they can stay in the fight a little bit longer than some other teams we we've seen out there where like you see like a web warriors, they want to get out of the fight as fast as possible. Uh, Wakanda can hit hard, but I find that sometimes like to a concentrated response, sometimes they buckle a little fast. Sometimes I feel like, you know, depending on how you build Avengers, the same thing can happen to them. Um, so a lot of other teams like they have a lot more tech pieces, but a lot of the teams we've seen lately seem more designed to stay in that fight to kind of play sort of the attrition game. Yeah, and I find that to be basically the same as well, where I think it's what we're seeing is is kind of two things, stay in the fight or bring the fight. And and I think that yeah. that's that's where I would kind of categorize things, especially recently and you know, we just talked about Sentinels, and I think Sentinels are a bring-the-fight team. Like, yes, they have these control elements. They have a very strong bit of a control element, but I think they want to throw as many dice as possible and get you off of points and slow that game down just enough to where, okay, we're going to either outscore you or kill you, but we're not going to let you score either, so, you know, you got to chew through all this health. And I think Sentinels actually bring an interesting thing to the equation because their health is almost, and this is going to sound really at left field, so bear with me for this one. Um, their health pool actually feels like an interesting bit of defensive tech because there's very few things that, short of a really weird spike, are going to be taking a Sentinel down in a, in a single activation. So what you're basically doing is you're, you're powering the Sentinels up amazingly well uh, to the point where, you know, if you fail to take a sentinel down you're probably going to be on the receiving end of a pair of suppression protocols from a yeah. single target and when you have one stoppy robot that's rolling 16 dice against someone <laughs> right yeah and, and you know if he fails to kill you oh well okay here i have some conditions instead right, right. like we, we have some amazing conditions that are the booby prize on suppression protocols <laughs> exactly exactly like so no i i think you nailed it man and and that's that's one of those like interesting things I think of like what they bring to the table, and then you know you 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 look at a character like a Malekith and what he brings to the table of just straight murder, and you have to deal with that. And you know we we talked about what you felt like when you said Brawly, and what I think about when I say Brawly is just the the smash your models together type of of thing. And uh, I mean don't literally smash your models together, but you know what I mean. Like instructions you know, unclear, smashing models. Yes, instructions. That would be a sentinel way to do it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. They got some bad programming. Unintentional humor. <laughs> so, you know, I think that, that that's that's kind of where we're going. And I think that when we see like violent cap uh, as an example, and for those of you that don't know, that's Steve Rogers, Captain America, that's violent cap. And I think that, you know, you you look at what he brings to the table and it is literally just try to fight just try to punch things stay at that range three as much as possible you know you could get into i don't like bullies range and stuff like that but like fight people beat them up a little bit and try to try to put that damage out there and then you know another recent release in scourge you know scourge is literally just get in there and swing a battle axe oh yeah and if you give scourge the opportunity to do so it hurts like mm -hmm. he's surprisingly potent at that. Yeah. And I think like <clears throat> a character you could say like, well, look at this character as an example of a character that maybe plays objective game a little bit more. I think super giant is a very good example of a recent release that plays that objective game. But when you really kind of get down in the nitty gritty, I've played a game or two with super giant and like, I mean, she slaps. He certainly can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she ain't bad. And, like, going for the Devastate Intellect is fine. But, like, Mental Vampire is very nice. And then the ability for her, like, if you match her up against the right character, like a Zemo or a Luke Cage, someone that only has physical attacks. No, no, don't, don't match her up to Zemo's. Uh, Zemo's Counter-Strike because it just deals damage. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Actually, I was on the receiving end of that one, nice. and it took me a couple turns to realize why I was losing this fight. 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, okay, I'll take back my Zima one, but like Violent Cap. Match her up to a Violent yeah. Cap. And and she's only going to take one damage when he attacks her. Now, granted, probably also a bad example because he's got the flurry. But either way, I'm, I think the point is taken. But when I look yes, at her, I think, absolutely. you know, there's some objective play there. But I think she's also very good in this brawly situation of like, okay, if you've got a physical heavy team, Supergiant is a good counter to that to just stand on a point, score you some points, and only take one damage. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. She she gets stuck in and she can just hold a point forever for you, which exactly. is just amazing. And then another one that I find to be an interesting one for the objective play recently, but again, has that contribution to the brawly, fighty nature of the game right now is the original Human Torch. And like his attacks, when you first read them, are kind of vanilla in, in a way, right? Like, the wild on four dice to get an incinerate seems hard to do. Nova burst. When you first read it, you're like beam two, four dice. What the heck? Then you read that you can add all this extra power in and, and all that fun stuff and, and do some fun stuff there. And then it's automatically incinerate for one power. I think that stuff's really nice. But then you get into the objective stuff like too hot to handle, right? You just make someone drop an objective I'm sorry, an asset. So it's not even any objective type. So like you don't bring Human Torch into the Spider-Infected match or the Scrolls match or something like that because then they're not going to, you're not going to be able to even do too hot to handle. You know? He's still a really nice support piece. Like he's, his incinerates that he gives down, he's, he's got some, some solid mobility. So even if you're not running up against the assets, I think he's still, there's still an argument to be made for him. I think. I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not saying not to bring him in those situations. I'm saying you might have to think about other reasons why he's there, but yes. Okay. But what I'm more trying to illustrate with this and, and I could be way off base here. I really could be. And I really want the suits out there to let me know what they think of this discussion because I think it's an interesting one. But uh, one of the things I'm trying to illustrate is that just everything recently kind of contributes to that, like, be in close, be in there, rolling dice. I mean, again, original Human Torch, his Nova Burst is beam two. I mean, that's right there in the fray. And... Yeah, like it's like auto incinerate beam two, trying to hit two characters. Like if you've got people like clumping up in a Zemo bubble all day, baby, I'm going to do this all day. And then if I have three power, we're going to hit and run on it too. You know what I mean? So that way I can get out of there. But like, yeah. you know, characters that, that used to be super brawly that we, we talked about as always being popular as a character like Venom, right? Like Venom's really brawly character. Like get in there, get in your face. Soak a little damage, heal a little damage, all that fun stuff. And while no other character really does it the way he does it, I think that there's a lot of that, like, get in close and and just get the fight going. And I find that to be very interesting. And and how do you feel, Leland, that that, that is for the game going forward? Do you feel like that's a healthy state of the game? I think it's something that the game was kind of lacking. Uh, we had very few options for people who did want to play uh, attrition or who even just wanted to have some sort of counters to attrition lists. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, I think, I think it's good for the game. I think that we're seeing a design element that is, it, it's going to be a bit flashier. It's going to be, it's going to be those moments that draw new players in, um, which I think is going to be really, really nice for it. And it just gives a new way for people to engage with it. Um, like, and that's, that's the thing, having those sort of options and those tools in your toolbox, just, they make the game more fun in the long run. It's just when you, you got to be careful about overtuning things so much. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we're kind of, we're kind of figuring out a tool like Melkith at the moment. I know he's still kind of the big bad and I know I've, I've harped on him uh, a fair bit myself. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that the tools that we're seeing come out post Melkith kind of explain the design around Melkith as well. And, you know, Sentinels maybe provide an answer to that. We're seeing a lot of tools in the Shield toolbox to take care of that as well. Uh, you know, Hydra maybe has a couple tools that can deal with it. So we're, we're entering into a very new and exciting phase of MCP, I think. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I want to be very clear here with this discussion in that I don't think that things like a control elements, you know, web warrior style play, just, you know, hyper control, Wakanda, all of that stuff. Like, like I don't think that that stuff is gone from the game and I don't think it is, it is inviable either. I, I want to be very, very clear on that, that I, I think that the ways to play this game are still very varied. <laughs> I guess that's the right way to say that. Like they're still numerous and you can still win the game and, and have a good time playing in a variety of different play styles. And I just think that all I'm trying to say with this discussion is simply that I, I feel like that having a plan for when you get smacked in the mouth is something that you're going to want to have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's giving options to teams that might've been traditionally all control or all objective play and all that sort of stuff. It's giving access to some of those brawlers that are, that are interesting. I think, I think a lot of the releases we've seen lately, while they're, they're great in affiliation, I think they're also very splashable characters. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like we're seeing more very splashable characters in in the most recent, like the last six months of releases than we did in the first, you know, year, year and a half of, uh, of the game. Um, whereas like the first year, year and a half, it was very consistent. Like we knew who was usually being splashed. It was, it was a very consistent core of characters, but that that's opening up quite a bit now. And we're seeing a lot more, we're seeing a lot more characters come out that can supplement your control game that can supplement your, your objective play game with somebody who's a little bit more brawly, a little bit more scrappy, someone who wants to get into the fight and whatnot. So you don't have to go so hyper-focused on yeah. uh, on one game plan. This allows you to sort of branch out a little bit. Yeah, that's a really good point of the, like, you know, the splash ability of a lot of different characters. I mean, a another good example of a very, I think, very splashable character of one of the more recent releases is a Zola. I think Zola is a very splashable character in a lot of affiliations. Another one that I know is uh, getting the rounds out there on the interwebs, and that's the uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Nick Sr., or as my favorite way to put him, is the Hoff. Uh, he, very splashable, I think. And I, I think very, plays yeah. extremely well in their home affiliation, but you know, putting these guys in the right places is is i think really good and, and i also feel like it's it's not universal either like they're good where they're good but they aren't necessarily splashable everywhere i think that's yeah. interesting no you're, you're you're absolutely right but we have the tools now that it feels like every affiliation does have a handful of characters that are very splashable which is good yes exactly if exactly. that makes sense <laughs> no i think it does i think it does and i uh i think that's gonna do it for our discussion of kind of the way the games go. I don't know how to phrase this. Like it's, it's the state of the game. State of the game. Yeah, there you go. State of the game. Right. And and I think it's, I asked you this, but I also think it's in a good place. Like, yes, Malekith is the big, big bad right now, right? Like he is, he's definitely um, like have a plan, <laughs> you know, like if you're, if you're going to see a Malekith, if you're going to a tournament or an event, like a competitive event, just, just have a plan for Malekith because if you don't, you might have a bad time. But if you're just casually playing and whatever, you know, do, do whatever you want to do. I mean, at the end of the day, do whatever you want to do. I'm not telling you how to play this game. But uh, other than maybe that aspect of it, and I actually don't feel like he is, is like a, a down part of the game, so to speak. Like, a, I don't know how to, how to phrase it, but like, yes, he's frustrating character at times. And, and yeah, like, there are times when it's going to feel bad. Like, as a matter of fact, uh, shout out to Dojo DC out there, uh, one of the suits over in the Discord. And he just had a game last night where he played Wakanda into a Malekith Cabal. And it was Malekith, Modok, and Toad on Intrusions and Mutant Extremists. And Dojo brought... Black Panther, Shuri, Okoye, and Ronin. And Malekith proceeded to one-shot Ronin twice, just boop, one time 
on his front side, a healthy side, dead. And then on his injured side, dead. Ronan did his Cree Justice clapback for no damage into Malekith. And then he also, then uh, Modok, I think, one-shot Shuri and Black Panther. So, like, those things happen. I think that's just, dice are going to dice, like I always say. But I'm using this, again, to illustrate a point of that happens, that can happen on on Modok doing that kind of thing, on a Hulk doing that kind of thing. You know, it's it's just the way that dice flow sometimes. And Malekith is definitely something that we have to think about. And that's maybe a discussion for like a meta discussion, maybe, if, if we feel like we want to have that discussion. But in terms of overall health of the game, I think all of the new releases, everything that we, we've got right now, just kind of coalesces into a pretty good feeling of the game overall. The only thing I'm, I'm going to add to that is if you're playing in a relatively young or new community or meta where you're trying to get people into the game, leave Melkith at home. Don't <laughs> people who know how to play the game can can handle that. Let, let don't don't bring him into a game with that bright eyed ten year old kid who just picked up a super favorite superheroes. Don't crush him. <laughs> don't don't be that guy. Right. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And by bright eyed. 10-year-old kid that just bought his favorite superhero. You mean 40-year-old with a beard, right? Because that's what we are. Oh, 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 call down there. Jeez. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Look, I, I'm almost 40. I'm, I'm on the other side of 35. I'm 35, so there you go. Uh, but anyways, like, I'm just messing around. I'm with you very much. Like, you know, and, and that's something that we've talked about many times before in the, you know, when Thanos was the the big bad of mcp it was look if somebody's there for a demo game maybe let them play as thanos maybe don't play thanos into them that kind of stuff but that's that's all social contract stuff which we've had that discussion before and and i'm with you you know if someone's like hey this is my first game ever and and you're wanting to do a demo night casually like bringing malekith to that fight's a little mean maybe but uh you know if that's what you want to do and that's what their opponent wants then there you go like just you know, read the room. That's all I ever say. Have that have that discussion. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Leland, I think that's going to do it for us today, but I do have one more announcement before we let it go, and that is we are doing another giveaway. And this next giveaway is going to be for the giant freaking robots of MCP. That's right. We're going to do the Sentinels, and I'm stoked about it. And we're going to let this giveaway run until basically they come out, which I think is the 14th. So of October, that is. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll call the giveaway active until the week after they come out. So October 18th, that is when you have to have your submissions in. So check out the Facebook post announcing this giveaway. Check out the podcast because we're going to do secret code words, which I've definitely got my secret code word for today, Leland. I think you're going to like it. And then, um, yeah, like all, all the stuff as before, you can um, join the Patreon at the Mark V level to get two extra bonus entries. You can send us bonus entries from here, you know, all that fun stuff. So make sure to check that out. And uh, October 18th is when this giveaway is going to end. We're going to do the Sentinel Mark IV box and then the Sentinel Prime box. So you get all of the Sentinel's affiliation right there so i think that'll be pretty fun what do you think leland that is super exciting yeah i'm excited i, I think everyone should be excited for robots anyways so. i mean it's giant freaking robots right so anyways the secret code word for this week's episode i think i'd be remiss if it wasn't snowball <laughs> i'm all for it yeah there you go so we've got snowball is your secret code word so make sure to send us a message with that you can send us a message via Facebook, or if you are part of our Discord community, you can send me a message over there on Discord. Uh, you can also send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I've already mentioned the Patreon, so you can check that out if you're interested in something like that. And Leland, where can people find you? I am all over the interwebs. You can find me uh, anywhere Aegis Brand Studios is mentioned. Uh, so there is YouTube, Facebook, 
and I am quite active, actually, in the House Party Protocol Discord as well. So if you ever want to yell at me for my poor life decisions, that is a great place. <laughs> it is totally worth the dollar just to come on and yell at me. I, I can't agree. Totally worth it. Yes, definitely. And and definitely just yelling at Leland. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> Loud noises. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, Leland, thank you so much for coming on with me, man. And uh, we'll definitely have you back very soon. And uh, with that, party on, Leland. Yeah, I will. And power down suits. <laughs> <laughs>